Welcome to the Net and Sarah Show, where we aim to touch, move, and inspire you every single week. Really? We're really going to introduce our own show? Maybe we should leave it to the pro. <laughs> oh my gosh. Okay. One second, ladies. Here we go. Sarah Maxwell and Natalie Cook are experts in visualization and deliberate use of the law of attraction. As dynamic world athletes representing Canada and Australia in beach volleyball, they honed in on achievement at the highest level. With Natalie winning an Olympic gold medal on her home beach of Bondi is a pinnacle example. Their powerful techniques transmute the spiritual to the tangible, allowing thousands of their community members to bring their vision boards to life. Recently, they have returned from their full-time family adventure in Europe and are now grounding down in Australia where they are focused on all of you. How can your dream become reality this decade, perhaps even this year? Not only do Nat and Sarah bring us their three-step manifestation process complete with downloading worksheets, but also their realities of failed attempts and some of the frustrations that color their path. They believe that this life journey was never intended to be jolt-free, but rather a powerful trip down the raging rapids of life. Each week, the Nat and Sarah Show will navigate the epic lives of their mentors to uncover how they use their own manifestation process to produce dreams that are available to us all. Are you a member of the community? Go to bit.ly slash the Nat and Sarah Show to download your three-step journal to follow along with each workshop-style teaching episode and get ready to take action on your inspirations. We just have to start this while we are cracking up because most people would not turn their camera on. But and if you're brave enough to go to YouTube and have a look, you'll know why. <laughs> now it's like, we're not on camera. And I said, oh, yes, we are because we're in unprecedented times with isolation. And that brings not only gray hairs for some of us ladies, all of you who've been lying and denying, we see you. I see myself. And if you want to come check us out on YouTube, you can see my eyebrows. And you know what? I debated whether I was going to take care of them for turning the camera. I said, no, 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 no. So that's who we are. Sunday afternoon in Brisbane, in Australia. Here we are with our daughter yelling in the background, I'm hungry. Because that's sort of what it's been like when you have your kids at home. Who else is kids? The translation of I'm hungry is I'm bored, I'm tired, I'm frustrated, I'm everything that comes out in I'm hungry. But let me tell you, if you're brave enough to go to YouTube, we do not have a selfie light. Sarah said we're not, we're not putting on makeup, so of course she goes and cheats and puts on a tinted no, moisturiser. I was going to say tinted moisturiser. I am stuck behind the microphone and no selfie little, like we've got our dodgy iPhone trying to put on a bit of light. Yeah, because... it's like blinding me because Nat told me this little workaround. So a year into the podcast and we still don't have a selfie light. <laughs> but we do have a new microphone. So. Yes, on loan, no less. So that's, this is just to let you know that being yourself is really what it's all about. This is what we're going for anyway. And especially in isolation. And this is how she dragged me in back into the show because Sarah's been doing an awesome job in the interview process. And you would have only heard from me New Year's. And you know what? Our daughter has established, she even sees that Nat's funny. So I thought we might need a bit of funny today. And that's why we've opened up laughing because here's the thing. Isolation 
evokes a lot of fear in people. So there may be humor, but there's a lot of not humor happening as well. And I know this because I run a couple groups and here's, this is literally what some of the people have shared around what fears they have. So a lot of people have a deep fear of having their kids home all day. Is that you? And then there's the thought as a parent, I'm gonna have no me time. That's a fear for parents. Um, Parents also have a fear of self-isolating their kids. So, you know, while it's a choice, they fear self-isolating them and what it could do to them. There's also a fear of working from home. Nat's going to speak into that a little bit. People are deeply afraid at a societal level of disconnection, you know, being disconnected from other humans. And I'm really going to tackle the mindset ones, and Nat's going to tackle the physical ones, if you will. But purposelessness. That's another thing that comes up with, for people. Being alone with yourself, having too much time on your hands. The angst, some people have an angst about not capitalizing on the time that they do have. Th this one made me laugh when somebody suggested it because Nat, it made me think about every time Nat and I are gonna take a 14 hour flight, we have 19 projects that we are gonna achieve on that, night, that 14 hour flight. And you know what gets achieved? 19 <laughs> movies, but this is what isolation is like, Matt. People have so many projects, like lifelong projects that they're going to take on. And I'm imagining that it could be a little bit like a 14-hour flight. But let's see. Oh, and then Nat's going to tackle overeating and overdrinking, And just the general overgrowth bushy problem. You know, that kind of jazz. So, you know, Nat... <laughs> that was just that. added to my list, the overgrowth. Fantastic. Yeah, and I wrote over bushy. Is that even a thing? <laughs> that just sounds rude. <laughs> I just put Ladies, that on that. Ladies, know what we're talking about. So look, just honestly, Nat and I have our own thoughts, our own emotions, our own fears that do rise to the surface. Clearly, all the weak ones are Nat's, all the strong, powerful ones are mine, you know, that kind of stuff. But truly, like we have, we talk about it a lot. We have chosen to reframe most of them, especially the ones that we're aware. The ones we're not aware, it's really hard to reframe those. But yeah, the ones that we are aware that are arising, we are reframing them into opportunities. We're literally calling it isolation, the opportunity. Dun, dun, dun. So, look, I'm going to cover some of those reframed possibilities, and Nat is going to share some of her secrets to winning at home. So, do you want me to go first, or you go first? You need to go first, Sarah, because I win all the time, so you oh can go God. first. I live with that. Yeah, I do. And the first one I want to tackle, by the way, you'll probably get this, but a lot of the ones that are going to come up are ones that I deal with personally. So, Top number one big fear, and by the way, I'm not alone in this apparently, is boredom. OMG, what to do in the space of nothing. And I liken boredom and purposelessness, I don't know if that's a word, but I feel like they're similar. And what I've noticed is that there's a real opportunity in the space of boredom to bring out creativity, and then as it relates to purposelessness, to bring out relevance. Um, a lot of people in the business community are talking a lot about pivoting. And to me, a pivot is really about relevance, like what's relevant now? How, who am I now and how can that matter? How can I be a contribution? How can I serve in this space? So there is a Zen practice around boredom. I learned this a couple years ago and this was really impactful for me because I realized that my entire life was devoted to avoiding boredom. So the fact that 
you know, some people are actually moving toward it actively as a practice was just mind blowing to me. So I, like many, had been filling my space up of my life with being busy. Like the more busy I was, the more proud I was. I felt like that was a success tool in some way. Um, And really it was to avoid at all cost this boredom feeling. Um, There's been a long journey in between there. And some of the things that I've noticed, even as a parent, when, as Nat was mentioning, our daughter will, she's just started doing this, saying the word bored, I'm bored. It's really funny to try to get her to to define what that means because she doesn't really even know. She saw it on Peppa Pig or something. But whenever she says I'm bored, I always say that I'm excited. And she just looks at me like, what? They don't say that on Peppa Pig. Because on the other side of boredom, I've now come to learn and experience is creativity, truly. And so, little story. Um, Sarah Blakely, who is the richest, well, the first female billionaire in the world, and she was the creator, um, CEO, and founder of Spanx. So those lovely compression garments for women. She has all these years continued to thrive, and she is a self-defined hard-ass worker. She works so hard. And when she was creating her business, one of the things she realized is that all the creativity that went into what Spanx originally was, which was something that had never existed before, kind of got shelved. Her creativity left the building in the building of this original idea. And she realized that it was a lot harder for her ideas to come forward because there was no more space. And so she lives five minutes away from her office and she takes a purposeful one hour drive, like a commute every day to the office because she recognized that driving was where her creativity comes. And the reason is she calls it her wandering mind. And what I love about Sarah's story, Sarah Blakely's story there is that she's literally understanding the Zen practice and in so doing, she's using it as an opportunity to be creative and she's now created some more um, products that have never existed before and I just feel that this is a real opportunity in isolation to move from boredom to creativity and purposelessness to relevance. So I look forward to hearing how you all go with that. That's a good one Sarah. So what happens um, (coughs) now with that when you don't have a commute and you are working from home and you are in isolation, does it mean you get in the car, which I guess you can still do and drive around? Or can you create another space within the home or around the home for that practice? So that would be something to look at, absolutely, uh, because the creativity comes when there's space. When does yours come? Do you have a thing? Uh, the shower. Yeah, that's what yeah. I was Or the massage table. The massage table. So, so I'm, sorry. I'm missing my massage. If I set up the table, will you massage me? That can I can my creativity can come out. Anyway, so that was a great one, Sarah. Um, my first tip in this um, isolation period is about exercise and movement and being active. And I'm first going to um, declare the vulnerability and the honesty of this process of isolation has actually got me kick-started back into exercise because I really wasn't excited about getting up early, getting dressed, um, driving to the gym, driving back, changing, having um, a protein shake, then going to work in the car again. So I really um, 
didn't like that, the thought of that. That's what we used to have volleyball, in and out of the car, changing all the time, showers. So the fact that I can roll out of bed with 15 minutes to go, take an e-shot and get into a workout that's virtually done online because I've got a gym on my deck is sensational. Mm -hmm. Now, you don't need a gym. Right? No, you don't, we haven't used it. You don't need the yeah exercise equipment because most of the trainers are doing it like you're at home without equipment, mm -hmm. So, which is awesome. If you do have equipment, great. You can always supercharge it. Um, so the, the principle is uh, there is so much out there. If you Google or go on YouTube and find a home exercise workouts, you will find thousands, and you'll even find them for free. Um this can sometimes be overwhelming because it's what do you choose and then, you know, do you uh, do a different one every day and and so that can be a little bit paralyzing uh, and you don't do anything. So the encouragement today is to pick one. You go, if you're in Australia, we have an organization called fitnessaustralia.org and they have free programs. They also have paid, paid, paid programs which that is great too. If you are in a position to support a local gym through a paid program, which we also do with Fitter Futures in a local um, uh, community gym, and their amazing trainers are doing Zoom workouts, awesome. If you're in F45 or Fitness First or any of those in Australia and you're continuing to do those, that's great. If you're not and you're at home wondering what you can do, then Google a couple, find one that even Chris Hemsworth has his free one. Now, if you can end up looking like that at the end of this period, then that would be amazing. Does he have a money back guarantee? I don't know. I don't know that he does, but he's giving it to you for free. So yeah, I guess you don't need any money back. Yeah. But moral of the story: pick someone to follow. Pick an exercise program to do. There's yoga. There's Pilates. There's um, uh, body weight workouts and Put it in the schedule for two, three, four, five times a week. Whatever, it, whatever is going to have you feel like you win. So currently if you do zero, put it in twice and then slowly start to up it to three times a week and find what's comfortable for you. It is really important that you maintain your exercise because, or if you don't have an exercise regime, regime start one because it's really important for mental health as well as your physical health. This is a good segue, actually, Nat, because I wanted to talk about disconnection. A lot of people, as a society, there's a deep fear around people disconnecting from other humans, which sort of brings in, what's the difference between, let's say, a Zoom workout and a video-style workout? Are they the same thing? Do they connect you? Why would a gym do a Zoom over a video, per se? What's the difference? And it had me really thinking a lot about connection because I do think this is a concern. It really is around um, people disconnecting. However, I think the fear of disconnecting is what can disconnect us in so many ways. So we have this very, um, hmm, I don't know if the word is this, but very strict rules inside of ourselves in what connection means. And I think a lot of people have proximity as one of those rules. And maybe it's because I've always lived far away from my family. I don't have that as a rule for me. And because early days when I was playing volleyball, I had some very, very deep energy work being done with me over the phone. 
so not even visual, just over the phone. And it was so profoundly connected that I just never believed that it had to be proximal. I used to do it from across the world and it was so powerful and effective. So I really encourage everyone to use this period as an opportunity to look at, well, what's your definition of connection anyway? Connection is my highest value too, by the way. So it's not something that I just don't care about. It's something that I do care about. So I start to think about, well, what allows me to be connected? And I believe connection is a feeling. Um, you know, I used to work with a lot of couples and there's a thing called the love languages. And some people's love language is physical touch. So the thought is, well, what does a couple do who live away from each other? And you can actually experience a fulfillment of physical touch. Take this in, guys, with an emoji. Yeah, like that emotion of the emoji has an impact for people that have physical touch as their love language. Like, I'm not kidding. This is, this is real, guys. And here's the thing. We're getting an opportunity to experience that. We kind of have no choice. It's the only way, really, at this time. So another thing I want to highlight is that we can connect to many things, not just people. So think a lot. Think if you were to expand your definition about connecting to nature as well. Um, so I just wanted to talk about a couple of different ways that you can connect because this is something my family just started. I hadn't thought about this, but we have... My family's in Canada, we're here in Australia, so they were basically self-isolating over three weeks ago. And so they started this family email thread, and I'm not that, don't get Nat going, I'm not that into email. I don't even want to hear what you have to say about that, Nat. But I'm not. However, when they started like a 27-person email, it was called Family Check-In, and people were writing about what they had for dinner, and we were not isolating yet. But what was really cool about it was... That is a form of connection because what I noticed was like my cousin in Saskatoon, I was visualizing what her and her husband and her daughter were eating for dinner. It was like I was transported across the world, like I was sitting at their dinner table. Um, so again, expanding my definition of connection right there. Um, you know, FaceTime, there's some more obvious ones. You know, Apple phone has done a brilliant job of demonstrating the capacity of connection there. Zoom, um, I think if you have shares in Zoom, you're nailing it because Zoom is, you can for free really just nail it with Zoom. And we have been from a business perspective for quite some time. Nat's going to speak a bit more. And then lastly, what Nat mentioned about working out. The one thing I want to say about that with online um, Zoom workouts is how are you utilizing that experience of connecting? Because, you know, we have like, let's say, 10 other people doing the workout, but do you just like go on mute and just sit there on your mat? Or do you actually engage? Like you are the source of connection. And I, I wasn't going to say this, but I'm just going to say in some ways, I think, and Nat as well, I think we're master connectors. And one of the reasons I think that I'm a master connector, I can't speak for Nat, is because I give of myself. I, I share things about myself. I say things that a lot of people might not want to share right away, but that is how you connect to people. It's by opening yourself up. It's almost like giving other people permission to share at that level as well. 
And so when I'm on the workout, like I always call out people's name. There's this lady on there with her two kids. And I, I always like make little comments about her, her little setup and everything. And I swear she's just staring at me like, why is this girl saying my name? I'm not sure I know her, but guess what? She's going to know me and she's going to like me. I know it. <laughs> it's coming. That's good. Force connection. I know. Is that another category? No. Yeah. No, that that's good. And, and going back to what I said about exercise, that watching a video and exercising where you can press pause and actually get up and leave and have a drink um, is different to when you have an instructor cheering you on or when you have Sarah cheering you on. And so the Zoom group doing it all at the same time also provides accountability and structure that you might have had before that you, if you're purposeless, then it, it is usually down to your structure's not right. And um, sometimes, um, you know, we'll exercise for other people, but more than we will exercise for ourselves. So pick a time with your PT or your gym and make it happen. Anyway, that's going backwards to my next one going forwards is around, we want to come out of this period a better person. Hmm. How do we do that? Uh, what does that look like for you? Is it about learning one thing, one new thing? We're seeing people on Facebook starting to paint. Um, is it about learning a new language? My friend Leanne, who's been on the podcast, is learning to play the guitar. Hmm. She's always wanted to play the guitar. So how... How are you bettering yourself? How are you upskilling yourself and increasing your capacity as a human um, being in this process? Because that would be the one thing to ask yourself, how can I come out the other side a better person? Um, so have a think about that. And um, just on that, that's really cool how you're saying that because I think that a lot of people are focusing on what's being taken away from them, not what they can, what it's giving them actually so that that's really great that you can actually learn a whole new skill yeah and as a speaker myself and um, seeing every single event in the world cancelled and it almost is like um, 2020 is kind of that year that's going to have um, back in the old days we used to call it liquid paper don't have that anymore but just wiped out right it really is going to be a blip on the history map um, and 2020, which was the year of the Olympic Games in Tokyo, July 24th, 2020 was the opening ceremony. And for a long time, the IOC was very strong in saying it will go ahead. And, and I was backing them 100%. I thought it would be the, the time where the world could come back together. And I thought we'd make it for that time. But since uh, over, over a period of days and a few small weeks, that was not possible. And the health of the athletes was becoming... Um, more and more compromised. So the IOC and the Tokyo Olympic Committee have moved it to July 23, 2021, and it will still be called Tokyo 2020. Oh. Um, clearly, there's a lot of marketing, a lot of promotion, a lot, everything from shirts to banners to that the, they can't waste their money in reprinting. So again, Tokyo 2020 will have an asterisk next to it and we will um, be... be the athletes will be performing in 2021. So they're using this time to get better at something else other than their sport. Our beach volleyballers can't play. Um, our, our team sports can't play together. So what can you get better at at this time so that you come out a better person? I just, I'm going to, I'm sort of sharing this with Nat because this is the time we get to talk to each other. Like 
with a camera on and a microphone in our face. But we do a course called Landmark that we love. And there was actually a seminar that was postponed that we were going to do together. And the seminar leaders, Nat, who, who are always on, they work so hard all over the world. And of course, they've also been grounded. And they have all committed that people, they will be unrecognizable when they are next in front of a room. Like people will literally say, who was that other person? So to commit to recreating yourself like that, I think is, yeah, real possibility mindset. Mm -hmm. So, okay. Last for me, I've got too much time on my hands. Oh, um, I think this one is slightly hilarious and I'm not laughing at anybody because I'm sure it's entered my thoughts. It's just that all we ever want is time. And now we've got it and we're complaining or we're afraid and we're angst. There's angst. So the interesting, this reminded me of couples or someone in a relationship who's not very happy and maybe they're complaining to their friends and it's been going on for quite some time. And then all of a sudden the other person breaks up with them. Oh, the drama. Like, how could they? Oh, and it's just ridiculous. The friends who are seeing all of it unfold are thinking, this is what you wanted. What are you doing? And you know what? This is the same thing. This is a little moment for all of us. This is what we wanted, people. We actually asked for time. And now we've got it. So the key here, the reframe, is how can we shift from enforced to embraced? And that's the difference. Like when that person who wanted out of the relationship actually realizes that they got out, they can then have a party. Well, this is our opportunity to have a party because so many people have been craving time. And one thing that I'm hearing from a lot of my friends who have families is that they are with this time getting to know their families in a whole new way. Like they're knowing their kids and sometimes they're complaining about what they're getting to know, but they're still getting to know. It's still an opportunity to embrace. And so, um, I encourage you to write a list about all the things you used to complain about that you never had enough time to do. Whether it's your stack of books, whether it's like your emails that you can never get ahead of, whether it's like what cleaning else? Cleaning out the garage. I know people have been doing a lot of spring cleaning. That's right. That's yeah. what the godsons, the family were doing. They're tackling one room at a time. That That's a very good one actually, mm -hmm. how things just sort of like pack up or get pushed over or under the carpet and they never get dealt with, like a closet that's too full, like all of these things that you never had enough time for. And I want you to write them down in that context because now that you have time and you start to think about what would embracing time look like. So one of the things I encourage you to do is what I call a time detox. Start to notice your language around time. How do you talk about time? Because time is a perception. So all you have to do is sprint and notice. Sprint for one minute. Like sprint your hardest. That will be the longest minute of your life. Versus one minute on the massage table. Does that minute, and I know for you, Nat, that is the worst minute of your life. Because <laughs> it was all, like five seconds. And what happens over your hour, Nat, in your massage? Ah, oh, well, I don't know about anybody else, but... You take your clothes off, you get on the table, and you think, go slowly, go slowly. This is gonna this is gonna be over soon, this is gonna be over soon. You're trying to go backwards and then all of a sudden you you almost go to sleep and wake up and you're like, No, it's over. Go so quickly. So I spend the whole time 
like an angst ho- around it. Hoping that it doesn't go get over. But that is also the time where I'm most creative. Yeah, okay. So. Yeah, you did say massage. But that is something just the time detox is starting to notice your language around time. When you say things like, I've got to, I have to. Um, just notice how you think about things in terms of obligate, like obligatory versus embracing kind of language. So I caught myself doing that just yesterday. Like, oh, I've got to do that. And then I said, no, actually, I choose to do that. I want to do that. Because this is actually something that's just creeped into my language and it becomes an overarching attitude. So as we begin to embrace, we start to see that time and our lives are a choice and that we can actually seek opportunity and not feel like a victim to it, like it's happening to us. And that's so much more empowering when you choose for yourself. So um, I noticed you said that was your last one. So I'm going to bring all my last few together. What? Yeah, I thought you said I've got lots. You had three. I had five. I, I haven't told you. I've got six. I told you that three. Just saying. You did not. Anyway. Well, I'll tell that, you how much no. time you have left. Okay. So. Three minutes. We- <laughs> Um, an important uh, thing to do at this time is to boost your health, right? Mm. It is really important that you, especially around the virus, that you have your inner body and your inner mind and your inner self as healthy as you can. So what are you doing? What can you do to boost your health? Sarah and I have a pretty awesome morning routine, so it just gets done. As soon as I wake up, open the fridge. I have a stress tonic that actually de-stresses the body, gives it, floods it with all the best stuff. Makes her nicer. Changes my mood. More balanced. (laughs) More loving. Clearly you are. Oh, yes. Um, And vitamin supplements to just make sure we keep our levels uh, as high as we can for our health. Um, I have a shake in the morning with all the nutrients that we don't get from our food anymore that I make sure I am in the best fighting shape of my life that if this thing ever got to me, I would like, wow, it straight out, in and out, like Aikido and Kung Fu Panda. Um, so what are you doing? And, and a cleanse drink. Oh, and a cleanse. We have a cleansing drink. So there's a nourishing part of it and then there's a cleansing to clean out the toxicity, the toxins. That might be harboring, not inside my body, my body's a temple. This is not go to the bathroom kind of thing, guys. This is just an overall soothing aloe vera type hug for the inner body. Boost your health. So that is really important. But in in that, when we're at home in isolation, like we get our our isogenics delivered to our door, we get our HelloFresh, which is our fresh um, food delivered to our door. I even get my hair products delivered to my door so I look good. Sexy. Sexy. And um, so everything now we're getting delivered to our door. So that's all possible for you. Just make sure that, which is the bit to watch out for, we are not over-snacking. We are not eating too much and, as Sarah said, growing in places that we don't want to grow because we're either consuming too much food because we're either bored or when we get up from sitting at our desk, we walk to the fridge. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's a habitual thing. And especially if you're not used to working from home, that can be a killer, literally. So here's a tip. At the start of the day, after you've had your morning routine, um, get out the snacks that you want for the day, put them on the counter. So that's all you get to do. Not go and eat more at the fridge. So whether you're having... Um, 
apples or almonds or fruit or yogurts probably have the yogurt in the fridge but just make sure you've set out what you're going to eat for the day and stick with it when we'd go to the Olympic Village and we go into the dining hall our nutritionist said to us because we could sit in there all day 24 hours a day right we wouldn't be able to get out the door she would say get in consume your food and get out so that you're not waiting for the next person to come to have a chat and then get up and eat some more Right, so very important. Have have a plan for your food, have a structure for your food, and your exercise, so that we don't overeat. Um, so they were my food ones, Sarah. And then I had I was just going to touch on Zoom and your teleconferences. Yeah. So uh, if if you're having Zoom and meetings, what I found in the last few weeks that I would uh, I was too busy. I would back to back my Zooms. Please make sure that you put in at least a 15, if not a 30-minute break because the meetings often go over um, between meetings. Make sure you plan your lunch break and your morning and afternoon tea, which is what we call it here in Australia, whatever you call it in other countries. Snack time. Snack time. Plan that in and you have to plan in your exercise time. So when you're doing these Zoom calls, um, and also you can stand up. You don't have to sit down all the time. You can walk while you're on the calls. Make sure you give yourself enough break in these. And if you're running them, I just found out, Sarah, I don't know if you know, but you can run polls on Zoom. So Google Zoom, polls on Zoom, and we can ask the audience questions. If you've got large groups and not just small groups, but if you're dealing with large groups, you can poll the audience. It's super cool. There is so much technology out there that clearly we've all been forced to learn really quickly that some of it will continue to be part of our life and some of it we might choose to give up because, as Sarah said, we may want to go back to more physical um, connection. So we are using this time to become better, to make sure that we're not uh, bigger or wider. Um, look after yourself, stay healthy, be kind and compassionate to others and yourself because there's a lot of people out there on the front line. A special shout-out to those on the front line in health and the doctors and the nurses, and even though all of those are our supermarkets that are helping us um, stay nourished at this time. Sarah, I'll leave it to you to close. Amazing. The lab, I just wanted to say that when you were mentioning your nutritionist at the Olympics, kind of coaching you guys around how to tackle the village, it made me realize that here we are all in isolation with no coaching, no guidance. And so I hope that some of what we're sharing from our own experiences of I've had an isolation experience about 16 years ago and Nat in what she's experienced even from working at home all these years and, and just self-discipline really, the art of that, that somehow some of these tidbits will land well for you guys because that's what we're all about is just, um, yeah, walking the line with you. We believe we're all in this together. So let us walk the line together. Over and out, dreamers. Thank you so much for listening to the show. Don't forget to join the community at bit.ly slash the Nat and Sarah show to download your three-step journal and participate in weekly lives found only in our private group. Hold on, hold on, hold on. You've got to rate and review the show. And I know all the podcasts are always asking this. And in the past, I wasn't doing it. And the reason I wasn't doing it is because I actually didn't know how to do it. So 
Open your podcast player and click on our show from your library, not the listen now. That's where I was going wrong in the past. So now that you know how to do it, when you go there, make sure you give us a five-star review. Five stars, five stars, five stars. And then click on write a review link to actually write a review so that you can tell other people that we're legit and even funny, maybe a bit serious. So if you want to recommend this to someone, you have to put your fingers on the keys and send us a review. Thanks.